Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is, oh my god, it's the start of the Spring Classics, Dan. And with me, as always, is, oh my god, cobbles and hills everywhere, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, I'm so excited. Really? You sound <laughs> it. You sound super excited. You sound super pumped for, like, you know, windy, rainy, cobbly, climby murder on a bike. Cobbly, 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 cobbly. <laughs> we have Flanders. Flanders, Flanders, Flanders. It's going to be so exciting. Anyone could win. Omni pet noise, Vlad. Anyone could. Anyone could. Well, okay, maybe not anyone. Like I, for example, couldn't. Um, I don't think that shocks anybody. But, you know, of the field, there are a plenty of options. Do we want to start with news, Vlad? Or, like, where are we starting this week? What are we with? There's so much to talk about. Shall we start? Yeah, I mean, you know, like last week we were saying, oh, it's the off season. And last week was like, is it sex this game? And almost like literally as soon as we finished podcasting, all I saw was news, 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 news. It's well, crazy time. That was my favorite thing actually about last week was after we'd finished recording and um, just, you know, getting it ready to, to upload and we're casually chatting and Sarah goes, so how long was that? Because there really wasn't much to talk about. And I was like, yeah, 58 minutes, 20 something seconds. Oops. <laughs> it's like, even when we're, even when we feel like we've got nothing to talk about we can go for ages so i hope you're on a cross-country trip if you're listening to this i guess because <laughs> there's so much to talk about this week uh, so who do you think's gonna win on loop oh or should we start talking about what the race looks bloody like hell like yeah whoa talk about wrong foot me um i'm guessing it won't be evelyn stevens i'll put that out there for a start <laughs> why won't it be evelyn stevens my dear Oh, just I think she'll I think she'll be you know um, not there mostly. So <laughs> no, Evie Stevens isn't isn't at Omnipet Noise Bad because Evie Stevens is at the um, racing the hour. Actually, this is exactly the same thing that happened last year because this time last year, um, uh, Sarah Story, Dame Sarah Story, did it uh, did the hour at the same weekend as Omnipet Noise Blad. So I don't know whether this is going to be traditional that the, the trackies try to or want to be trackies or hour recorders try and or time trialers try and steal the glory of the road season. <laughs> Everyone tries to to um, you know steal their thunder, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I yeah. Okay. I um. I don't know. I don't know if that's what they're doing, but. I do think that they're up to stuff and things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Evelyn Stevens is out, uh, is going to be um, going for the hour record this year. Remember, like about a month ago, Bridie O'Donnell um, had this. Now, there was a very, very confusing tweet from cycling, from, from, from USA Cycling, that kind of said, ah, oh, it's Evie's first practice. <laughs> they kind of had people going, what? Uh, Evie's first practice a week before? No. Um, yeah. But it wasn't. Um, she 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 decided that she wanted to go for the hour record in November, and she's been training. Apparently, she trains over the winter in Los Angeles with the USA track team. She's trained a little bit, so she's not like the complete neophyte tracky that perhaps you might have thought. But yeah, it's going to be streamed live, Daniel, live on Saturday, twenty seventh. Um, and because we're of time zone joy, it'll be plenty of time to kind of had a have a celebratory beer after Omni Pet Noise Blad, and then watch Evie Stevens go for it. Well, you know, if you if you're living in a luxurious time zone like the UK, um, if you're if you're in Australia, it's oh, you can get up at six in the morning. 
I just vomited a little bit. Oh, my God. Well, it finishes at like seven in the morning. You have to get up six, at seven in the morning. Six in the morning is something that happens to other people. Thank you very much. Well, you know how long it takes, right? <laughs> have you heard of, have you, heard of um, you know, the internet? Like, I can watch shit some other time. I can, I can wake up and the first thing I can do is load up a recording and watch it and not look at Twitter and not, oh, fuck, I'm going to get up at six. Mm. Oh, God. No, mm. no. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, yeah. So, um, every theme is our record. I'll, I'll be, I'll be with you to to hold your hand emotionally across the ocean. Um, <laughs> was, I, I, I wasn't sure if you were speaking to me or everyone. <laughs> everyone. That's a lot of hands. That's. that's I know. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm you're I pretty, have a lot of you're pretty handsy. Heart. Is is that what you're saying? so funny um yeah so everything's going for hour you had a fact that you were impressed by oh well you know it is i reckon it's pretty impressive when you sell out your your um event in six minutes you know yeah i've been i've been to a few events i've seen i've seen some events that were sold out i went to a concert a couple of weeks ago where i literally got the last two tickets they were, you know, the last two seats on the end row of the row at the back. So they were definitely the last two tickets. Um, but, you know, it, that, even that didn't start in six minutes. So six minutes is all right. Although I've heard from someone who may or may not be biased in favor of all things UK that, um, for example, a Track World Cup in the UK can sell out in three. So, yeah. you know, not, yeah, like no, it's, it's... not like it's a fucking competition or anything, though. It is very impressive, but we have to remember that the Boulder, Colorado velodrome is not a competition standard velodrome. So, you know, um, so they couldn't, uh, unless it's a brand new one that they've built surreptitiously, which is always possible. But yeah, it's um, just, just, it's not, it's not going to have, it's not going to have your kind of London, your Beijing type size crowds. Um, so yeah. yeah, but it is going to be exciting and we can watch it live, live streaming. Hurrah. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. just to clarify, when you say not a competition um, type velodrome, that means more in terms of capacity and stuff, right? Like it's still a standard size track and everything, obviously. Oh no, no, there's no such there's no such thing as a standard size track. So it could literally be the size of a, a quarter. Yeah, basically. No, I mean, obviously, you can't cycle around a quarter, Daniel. Um, no, tracks. Oh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the really, 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 really fascinating things about tracks is that they're all built differently. Yeah. Right. So they're so that when you go to um, and they're built for different things. And so when Abby Stevens was talking, there's this really lovely little cycling tips video. It's almost like a mini documentary. It films all on iPhone and just edited really, really well. Um, you know, no music, kind of just really interesting, yep. like like you're watching a documentary. Um, and she was saying that the size of the track suits her because it's like, it's not really, it's not like a the type of track that would have lots of technical, you know, be technical yep. riding. Like some tracks have very, very narrow um, uh, um, corners. Others yep. are bowls and round, you know, with very long straights, very narrow corners, like a hot dog circuit, for example, on a banking. If, um, those, others, if those existed, sure. Others are kind of big and round like bowls. Do you know what I mean? So yep. it's kind of, it's a very, very, very interesting thing. And, and it's one of the things that means why home riders have an advantage in track world cups, track world championships. You they, know, um, they know all the little tips and tricks of their specific mm-hmm. track. 
Um, mm-hmm. It also, I guess, like we were talking about last week in terms of the altitude playing into it. Oh, and that is another little tidbit that I saw um, during the week. Uh, Bridie, I'll have to try and track down the tweets. So we can put it in the links. But um, Dr. Bridie O'Donnell retweeted um, someone has done the maths and thinks that, um, in theory, the altitude difference between um, attempts will give every um, up to a two kilometer per hour um, advantage in theory. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I'll have to double check. I'll find the tweet. We'll put it in the links. But um, but yeah, that yeah. Was, that was very interesting. No, it is very interesting. But you know, they were talking as well about the heating inside the track makes a difference. The, yeah, you know, the, the kind of pressure, the air pressure in the track makes a difference. So it's a very, it's a very it's it's one of those things where on the one hand the UCI have incredibly tight rules about you know how long your handlebars can be your bars can be how long your you know your trap your tt bars how you know blah 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 the angle of your saddle but on the other hand there's all these variables so if you're into geeks geeky statty stuff which i'm not saying is a bad thing at all I'm, i love geeky yeah, yeah. stuff then this is the event for you but yeah absolutely it's a it's a great event i mean i, I think that's i guess that is part of the appeal of it isn't it in that it's uh like I'm, I'm doing air quotes at the moment but you know it's a pure sort of discipline similar to the time trial mm-hmm. where there's a lot of the variables that you get in a, in a straight up road race um removed you know the odds of a dog running onto the track are much reduced in a velodrome <laughs> setting i would example. hope so yeah yeah um or random you know dutch road furniture um so yeah it it is as you say a great opportunity to to geek out and and sort of see Um, yeah 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 okay so um if you want to watch that there's um all the links are in our in our blog pro women's cycling.com someone went on to our blog last week i'm sorry if it was you and you were being sarcastic or joking making a funny joke about you should put a post together with all the um links in and it was actually below the post together all the links in and i didn't recognize their names so i put a really kind of polite reply rather than being sarcastic back but yeah um, if you go to our blog pro women's cycling.com um if you're listening on soundcloud you can follow the link from there um or you know on on tumblr you can find the link from there but yeah that's that's where you'll find all links yeah dear random stranger who asked for the links that's where they are yeah yeah no i'm sure it was someone who's making a funny joke yeah, and then just yeah. wants to say sarah you mention it every five minutes <laughs> so well to be so, fair a lot of work goes into those links though so it is oh my god they kill yeah. me the only thing that keeps me going is my wonderful patreon supporters now pay me to do it so i kind of every time i'm like cursing again no one ever reads these oh my god i hate myself why why oh, that's so but, not um, true you don't say that at all you say I do. you know you say i hate you to me <laughs> you while i'm doing the link <laughs> i tell you i hate you for other things <laughs> yeah uh so anyone that was a really interesting diversion congratulations dan yeah I that was that was very long but we're not diverting we're going back to hence hence the um the omni pet noise blad het bot het folk the 11th edition of the women's race indeed indeed um and 
um i guess uh, well as you've mentioned already um you know based around the the well around it's it sort of starts just outside of and finishes in Ghent, uh in the flemish region of belgium uh, yeah and if you like the run if you like the ronde van vlaanderen the tour of flanders there's a lot of the same color same cobbles same climbs just in different yeah, orders there, there are lots of lots of similar elements to it all um including the quaremont um, which is, you know, pretty, pretty big deal. Oh, uh, just the names, the Kreuzberg, yeah. uh, the Cote de the Paterberg. The Paterberg, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. These are all, the Mollenberg, oh, these yeah. are all, the Wolvenberg, these are all short, steep, generally cobbled, generally, you know, they're not very long, but they're thigh-biting, and they're tight, and you generally, what you, there's, there's races within the race, right? Yeah. There's, you want to be as the rider, at the bottom of the uh, at the at the bottom of the climb first because if someone if someone if someone punches ahead of you if someone falls off ahead of you if someone just, just struggles ahead of you that can be got you can be gone yep. yeah yep. so you've got so everyone so every one of these nine climbs there's this race to these to the but it might not even be to the bottom of the climb it might be to the little tiny lane that leads to the bottom yeah, of the climb yeah yeah exactly you know? it might it's, be the might be the infamous um, you know, hard left turn because the road we turn onto is about a quarter of the size of the road we were on. You know, got to get there first, got to get the inside, you know, got to get away from the squeeze. And as we've we've often commented in the past, the other thing that tends to happen um, with women's racing is it's very attacky by nature anyway. So you throw in all of these little short, sharp, punchy climbs, you get a shit ton, metric shit ton of attacks um and and you basically wind up with a pretty bloody exciting race yeah yeah it's i mean you start off with like um first of all i mean home at pet noise bad is always a bit weird yeah it's the first race of the season for mo for pretty much you know for the european season so everyone's a bit crazy but you also have bigger teams a really really large field and you've got like tons of like club team riders who you know who are like oh i can make my mark and everyone yeah. can see me but yeah. you've also got riders who've never raced in Europe before and never raced cobbles before, and it's kind of lunacy. So the first 30 kilometers are like the warm-up. And then you go, right, at, 30, at kilometer 29.4, you have Nockerberg. Uh, I'm sorry about my right, my terrible thing. 15 kilometers later, you've got uh, Tiegenberg. Um, 10 kilometers after that, you've got the Cluizberg. Oh my God. And that's like this, you know, that's the start of the Cluizberg. Yeah. And after that, less than, after that, eight kilometers later is the Cote de Trio. Now I interviewed Martina Brass. This is at 62 kilometers. I interviewed Martina Brass, who was a very, very, very good uh, classics rider. She was, a, she had 20, 26 years in professional, in professional women's cycling. Um, so, retired a couple of years ago. That was a thing or two, is what we get. Yeah, getting. and she said that you do not do anything if you're serious about the race, apart from you know chase and keep up until the Cote de Trio at 62 kilometers, and that's when the race begins, the fourth climb. Yep, yep. Now that's at 62 kilometers. At 65.7 kilometers is the Paterberg. 70 kilometers is um Kortekir. I'm so sorry about my accent. And then 76 kilometers is the next helling at uh, Lad Ladouz. Yep. Ladouz, that's at 76 kilometers. Um, then at 79 kilometers, it's the Wolvenberg. Then you get like nine kilometers off uh, for the Mollenberg. But 
that's and that's the Mullenberg's like at kilometre eighty eight, and you think, oh, that's all right. You know, that means we've got forty kilometres without any without any like classified climbs. That's brilliant. But what you have instead is all the cobbles. <laughs> All, all, all the cobbles and a whole bunch of you know sharp turns and and just you know weirdness and that's before we even take into account the weather and uh people who've been following for a couple of years will remember season before last where spring sort of came late to europe that year and so you know there was there was rain there was sleet there was ice there was frozen, frozen eyeballs. eyeballs so yeah. So yeah, it, it, you, you're gonna have a couple of stories out of the race, is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your last all five, all five, all five sets of cobbles are between kilometer seventy nine and a half and kilometer one hundred and three, yes. and then you have last twenty kilometers to basically ride like lunatics back to Hent and try to win. So you know, it's <laughs> it's, it's just. I, I'm pretty sure at that point that's actually just the race to get back to the hot shower. <laughs> like it's it's just brutal. It's so, so brutal. And they have a very, because the women ride on some of the same parts of the same course as the men, they have a very tight um, schedule. <coughs> schedule, but they also have a very tight guide to who's dropped out. So, you know, yeah, from yeah. Right, like probably about half the field won't finish. Yeah. They'll yeah. be pulled, and there'll be riders who will be pulled after like the second climb, and it'll just feel terrible. And they'll be like trying to ride back to Hent, but without getting in the way of the race. And they'll be, oh, it'll be awful for them, poor little petals. But um, yeah, Martina Brass said that her DS in one of her teams um, told her that sometimes before a race, she looked like Bambi because she was so scared. She looked like Bambi with her big oh. eyes. And um, so she said that, you know, when you're there on the race in the morning, you can look into some of the rider's eyes and some of them will look like Bambi. Uh-huh. And, and others will look like they're just raring to go. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's. Um... And uh, Martina reminded me, which it slipped my mind. This is going to be Lizzie Armitstead's first race in the rainbow jersey. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too wow. Well, yeah. you know, lucky, lucky she's a shy retiring type who you know wouldn't possibly want to win in dominant fashion in her first race in. Her... Yeah, 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 yeah. In her rainbow jersey on a race yeah, that she yeah. enjoys. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's so interesting because we've seen some riders in the Tour of Qatar, but we didn't necessarily see them in their top, you know, in their in their in their spring classics form. Yeah. Um, other riders are going to be going for this a hundred percent. Other riders are going to be like you know, kind of you know, actually maybe maybe Stradi Bianchi on the fifth of March is their is their is first their, sort of goal. Yeah, or maybe Ronda Van Vlaanderen is their big goal. Yeah, so yeah, and, and it is like you know to answer you, or well, not even to answer because I'm still too scared to try and answer. But you know, to address your earlier question about who I think will win, this is the hard thing about the sort of first proper spring race of of the season is there's so many unknowns because you know we haven't seen who's targeting what, how different team setups are working, and all that sort of shit. So there's there's all sorts of ways it can play out, and hell. I mean, for no other reason, um, Lizzie's obviously going to go pretty hard to, to dominate. She's also wearing my favourite number. So, you know. What's your favourite number? 13. Of course. Oh, of course. course. Of course. He asked for a 13, but they gave him 31. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, I, I think I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to let you predict first. I'm not predicting. Ah, right. Well, that's all right then. I don't feel guilty about copying out then if you're copying out totally. 
I am. I'm totally copying out. Thank you very much. I'm. Um, I'm. I'm, oh, I'm in, refusing to. In that case, I've got to take a. Uh, oh, come on! You've got to give like an outside, like an outside hopeful that you think would be interesting to watch at least. Give us that much. See, I think. I think that. I mean, I think depending on her form, Lizzie. It would be, it's it's going to be, this is like one of those, um, yeah, I want to win it type, type races yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's, uh, that, that she, that she, that she, you know, she just wants to win it. God damn it. She wants to win everything, but she wants, you know, she doesn't, she wants to win the Olympics this year, yeah. but I think this is going to be on her list. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Look, I, and I agree with that completely, but just to be cheeky, I'm going to throw Elisa out there. I would love Elise. See, this is my problem. Is everyone I think who could win, who could win, who could win, who could win? Yeah. I think I'd love them to win. Oh, I'd love them to win. I'd love them to win. I'd love yeah. them to win. But um, you know, like last year Anna Van der Brega won and yep. you know, she's fantastic. Um 2014 Amy Peters. So here's who's won. 2009 Suzanne de Good. Emma Johansson's won it twice. Now Emma's in her final season. Georgia Bronzini's the lead rider for Wiggle High Five, it looks like, and she's in her final season. Uh Luke Hannah White won in 2012, Tiff Cromwell 13, Amy Peters 14, Van der Brega last year. Now Obviously, Van der Brega won last year with... Um, oh, Lizzie's been on the podium twice. She's been third twice. Well, you know, that never bothers her, ever. Um, Emma's been on the podium for the last two, for the, for, for the 2013 and 2014, yep. but without the win. Um, yeah, it's... I, I, I mean, you know, we could go, okay, we could do the classic kind of, okay, Emma Johansson, Lizzie Armistead, Lisa Longo Borghini, Ellen van Dyke, you know, Anna van der Brega blah 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 but anyone could win you know like like it's it's a really really interesting thing well not anyone could win but like anyone in the top 20 riders that's it there's a huge list of of potential winners you know and mm. and given various you know and and the thing is the scenarios don't even have to get particularly um extreme or unusual for there to be very different possibilities. So, I mean, yeah. uh, but exactly, like, honestly, I mean, there's something nice about watching a dominant rider dominate, but uh, there's something, for me anyway, particularly exciting about a fairly open field and a, you know, a pretty close yeah. contested race. You know what I'd like to see is someone like Van der Brega win. Like, again, you know, not, not Van der Brega herself, but someone like that in terms of the someone who's going to have a fantastic breakout breakout season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like that would be, that's, that's I mean, it, you know, like you say, it'd be fun to watch Lizzie win, but I would really, re I, you know, and, I, I'd, and I'd love it. I wouldn't, I would never complain about that, but I would really, really love it if it's like, you know, some someone who's going to like put the marker down for watch me all season. It's going to yeah. be so exciting. And, you know, I, I don't know, someone like, someone like Chantal Black, if, if she's racing, I, I that would make me happy. Yeah. And yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, something, so, so someone like, someone like Black would, would be, <laughs> you know, someone who really, you know, really works hard. So yeah, um, yeah, or, or Kashinia Doma. I mean, it's not yep. really her kind of race. Yeah, or, yeah. But or, I mean, she or, was one that I was thinking for the same sort of thing. Like, she'd just be very exciting. And she was, you know, she was knocking on the door a bit last year. And so you could see that this year could be a yeah. year where she does or, that, you know. Or Annemiek van Vleuten. Vleuten. Yeah. Annemiek, you know, because she had a really hard year last year of crashes and shit happening. Or, yeah. you know, I don't know, Lisa Brunauer or, I don't know, there's so many people <laughs> that you just look at down that list and go, oh, you know, Valley Scandalara oh, no, attacking the last thing. We, uh, it would the, be... 
the classic Sarah scenario where we just want them all to cross the line together holding hands singing Kumbaya. So No, 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 no. <laughs> we want them to be like headbutting each other and singing Kumbaya. Right. No, no, no. We want it to be kind of like a, a super, you know, kind of like one of those. Oh, God, do you remember when Tiffany won and she attacked? She was out there with Megan Guarnier and she attacked in a really beautiful place. And it was just, uh, you know, I want, I want someone like that to win, someone who's just... Yeah, strong and and brilliant. I don't want too many accidents. I don't want like yeah. one of those like randoms, you know, one of those random first timers to knock over, you know, someone like Emma or Lizzie and break yeah. them because that would really piss me off. But you know, well, um, and then... the good news is that um, you know we're going to find out in reasonably short order. So you know, it'll it'll. I'm I'm quite excited actually. I think this is going to be a really good race this year. And then on Sunday we get Omelette van Hageland, uh, Tealta Winger, which is the uh, it's it's the first round of the Lotto Cycling Cup, yeah, which is a series of Belgian races. Basically, they they they're really really interesting races because they're tough and cobbly and hard. And uh, this one's flat, I think, but it's um, it's it's you know they're, they're kind of they're kind of tough races it's got a big big long loop of the circuit and then um five laps of the, cir- of the circuit like every belgian race it has at least two names so you know you have to kind of get used to that omelet pavan hagland aka tealtelbinger um part of the lotto cycling cup um yeah and it's streamed live and it's, it's and this is really very very cool um it's very interesting because omelet pet noise bad is the harder race but when you look at who's won um, Van Tielt Winger before, it's had Emma Johansson twice, Lizzie Armitstead twice, and last year it was won by Yolin Dora. Yeah, so it's it's not a nothing race. It's not an afterthought race or a, or a left no. race by any stretch. So yeah, it's it's yeah, and it's not. You're right though, it's... about it being very flat this year. Um, uh, I don't can't remember if it was always this flat, but from I think it always was. Yeah, from the map, it's like fifty meters of climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be tough um, because, you know, I mean, it's double, double, double races. And then so live, um, I know I keep saying that, but it's just like when I first started, you know, we've said this before, but when we first started, you know, if you've got like four live races a year, you were really static. And this year it looks like 20 with, you know, with like maybe more kind of coming up. But after that. Uh, next week we go into round two of the Lotus Cycling Cup, Le Salmon de Dam, um, on the 2nd of March. Uh, and then we have Strade Bianchi, the first round of the 2016, the first ever Women's World Tour race. Just amazing. Oh, and just, oh, oh, I just get all, I just get all, oh my God, I can't wait for that race. I just, oh. Strade Bianchi. Yeah. It's, it's, it's from it's from the classic Flanders to Italy, northern Italy, uh, beautiful white chalk roads, which are beautiful to watch, but slightly hard to ride through. Yeah, it's... but I mean, that, I think that's part of what makes it such an instant classic is because they're they're hard to ride through, but they're also so visually iconic. Um, no matter what the weather's like, it's kind of like it's kind of like. Um, those ones like like Flanders or Paris Roubaix for for the men, where you know if it's if it's wet they they come in covered in mud. If it's dry they come in coated in dust. You know it's it's just there's no there's no way to mistake it for anything else. Yeah, 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 
Yeah, and we also have next week the three new races in Israel, the Arad de Dimona Arad, Masad Arad, Dead Sea Scorpion Pass races. Do we actually know much about those? Or... No. Nah. Yeah. yeah they, they have a website, and the website is for the sportive. So they might not even happen. Do you know what I mean? I haven't yeah. even checked the UCI calendar to see if they're still on there. But, um, right. you know, it's it's like apparently there's a Grand Fondo, and that's the website for them. Like, I can't see okay. any 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 information about them at all. Let's just Google Dead Sea Scorpion Pass. This is not going to give me a cycling race site, is it? Probably. This is, I mean... You know, we we are, while it's very exciting in on the one hand, on the other hand, we still have these kind of, oh, no, Grand Fondo, uh, yeah. Women's Cycling Fever's mentioned them, but that's, you know, they don't have any information. No idea yeah. what's going on with yeah. them. So it's, so it's maybe like... If we've got something to report after they've maybe happened, we'll probably report it, but, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, unless unless they're basically having the women's races pass the Grand Fondo, which I guess could be, could it's be um, probably been done before. So yeah, yeah, apparently, I mean, if you were if you were doing the Grand Fondo, it's 155 kilometers with 2,220 meters of elevation. But yeah, it's not even. Um, yeah yeah it doesn't it's, even have mm. yeah so yeah i mean um but also next week we have the track the 2016 track world championships yes indeed we do and those should be able to be watched there in london um in a slightly bigger velodrome than colorado <laughs> um, and how quickly did it sell out just out of curiosity well, I don't even try to get tickets because literally by the time you ring up or go on the website and have clicked ring through, up. it's all gone. Is the state yeah. of the internet in the UK so bad that one must still call to get tickets to things? Yes, no, you do. No, you do. What you do, what you do is you have it. You, you're trying to open it on your phone, and you're trying to open it on your laptop, and you're trying to open it on your partner's laptop, and you're ringing them up at the same time to see if you could possibly get through to get tickets. And the laptop, the, the tickers on the on the you know the the, the, the site's crashed because it's overwhelmed with things, and you just basically keep going, keep going, keep going, and then every single way you go through says, "Sorry, we're sold out." And this is when you have literally taken the morning off work to, you know, to sit by your phone. So at 10 o'clock or whenever it actually happens, you can just like be, you know, literally going off the international proper clock. Bang. And you still can't get tickets. Okay. Well, um, I we like track cycling in this country. I used to go to the Manchester Track World Cups um, for years and I just can't get tickets anymore. <laughs> it's devastating. Well, so, um, if yeah. Anyone, if anyone would like to give Sarah tickets to the Track, track World Championships Champ or um, press credentials, uh, Brian Cookson, I'm looking at you. Uh, I don't even I don't even try for press credentials, which is maybe stupid. Maybe maybe that's what I should do. But you know, it's like yeah, it's it's going to be amazing. We can watch. There'll be lots of it on TV. Um, and obviously, in Olympic year, there's going to be competitions within competitions. You know, especially yeah. when you look at like, the Australian team, for example. Well, that's it because like, everyone's still you know like yeah. Obviously, you want to do well at World Champs, but they're all still vying for limited Olympic spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's going to be cutthroat, cutthroat. Yeah. Um, speaking, speaking of cutthroat, and speaking <laughs> of travelling to the UK for and Australia, 
<laughs> I've, we've both seen some pretty funny things um, from from Australia um, as as the Aussie team heads to the UK. Um, one of my favourite ones is um, Rebecca Wyzak posted a, a photo of herself in Changi International Airport in Singapore on an eight-hour layover um, in which she is <laughs> literally laying on the floor wearing um, um, recovery pump trouser legging things. You know, those ones that you you put on and they basically massage your legs um, and, yeah. and do compression on them at the same time. So, yeah, that's how they roll. <laughs> Yeah. You saw something. I really, enjoy- I've really, 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 really enjoyed the um, the the Cycling Australia YouTube video about uh, how they get to the World Championships. Where you know they've got videos about what do you do on the plane, what do you carry on in the plane. But their best one is who the best and worst teammate is to sit next to. <laughs> That's a brutal video if you happen to be Matt. Um, it's hilarious video it's like there's like um anim- you know they've got kind of people being yeah be- my animeers is my best is also my worst depending on whether i'm sitting inside her or out or she's on the outside of yeah me. yeah because if she's got the aisle seat she gets up all the time so it's really easy to go you know or um nettie edmondson talking about her her brother alex and how um he's really good but you've got to endure the his hyper phase where he's really yeah. excited and talks lots and you know pokes you and stuff but then he wears out and falls asleep and just sleeps for most of it so you know. <laughs> um, but yeah Matt, Matt Glatzer did come off quite badly because yeah. first of all Carly McCulloch says that she really hopes not to actually sit next to any of the track boys sprint <laughs> boys because yeah. they're too tall they're too their, big their shoulders are too broad and they're they're too big um, but Matt really, really like nobody wanted to sit next to Matt. Um, apparently, I'm just going to guess. No one said it this explicitly, but I'm just going to guess that Matt snores. So um, no, th- it, was, it was also to do with his incredibly wide shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a combination, absolutely. But um, but the the standout quote for me was from uh, one of the other coaches who who was like, "Yeah, when he sleeps, the whole plane's awake." So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's like and it's also it's like the, so basically the sprint boys the sprint boys are really hoping they're going to get you know with some um, some tiny little uh, surrounded by tiny little endurance rider girls yeah. and everyone everyone else is hoping yeah. that the sprint boys sprinter. get stuck together. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is going not a sprinter, not a sprinter. Um, but I think the saddest part of all, or the most hilarious part of all, depending on how you view it, I suppose, is that Matt didn't even get a chance to defend himself or at least tell us who he didn't want to sit next to. So. You know, he got he got a bit of a raw deal in that video, I think. Yeah, it's hilarious. They're they're great. I mean, Cycling Australia is it just ups every time I think that it's um uh every time I think that they're that that, 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 that they've kind of up their game. They up their game again. They honestly, I, I think in the last six months in particular, they've just really, really started getting it right you know what i mean like like yeah um the right type of videos the right tone to them but also the right frequency like it's not too much content it's enough you know you want to watch them you're not going oh god another one so you know i yeah. think they're, they're really starting to 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 nail it so yeah mm. yeah mm. Um, moving on from track, though, like what else have what else have you got for us that you've seen around? Well, the tra- there is something track related, sort oh. of track related. Do you remember um, 
to, well, a year and a half ago, <laughs> um, Olga Zabelenskaya was caught in March, um, in March, I guess, what was it? Um, mm. Yeah, uh, 20, 2013. 2014, for, March 2014. With doping. Yep. Uh, well, dope, dope, uh, you know, dope, dope. Uh, yeah. Yes. And she, all the way through, she said, no, no, it just got in there by accident. It's a complete mystery. And she, and we didn't really find out much about it because she's Russian and, you know, mm. it can be quite, it's very hard finding information about Russian riders because, you know, it's not, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everything's a Cyrillic. Well, um, and, and it was simplified somewhat by the fact that the Russian cycling fed just cleared her immediately. So, yeah, the Russian cycling fed cleared her immediately. The UCI went, nah, nah, we're not having any of that. But the interesting thing about it is that she, so the UCI banned her for two years. And then, then she was fighting, she was fighting, she was fighting. But she's, um, she's dropped her appeals in exchange for the UCI dropping her ban? Well, I, I, as I understood it, what happened was um, the, they reached an agreement to drop the appeals after she accepted the original 18-month ban um, that they had already um, no, they, they banned to impose, her. They, but that... they banned her for two years. They attempted to do her for two years. Well, okay. So I, I read a different thing because it was saying that she accepted an 18-month ban which expired in September, just gone. So I don't know now. Yeah. No, she accepted an 18-month ban which expired in September because it was a backdated ban. So her yeah. ban was going to run out in March anyway. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. She's... Yeah. Like not being racing, she's expected. She's she fought and fought and fought and fought, but she's gonna start. <laughs> I don't know. Well, also, it's also just confusing. It, it raises for me also then the the question of when or if she ever left or or where she is in terms of the testing pool. Like, you know, we all know post. Well, they don't. They don't. They don't have the same rules about being in the testing pool for women. Yeah. Well, but this is my point. Is like, what does she have to do to? Or does she have to do anything? Like, is she just no. back back? That's yeah. it? That's done? Yeah. I now feel even shittier about a shitty situation to begin with. So yeah. I'm kind of glad that's in the middle because I'm hoping that you've got some more good shit for us to... Well, to... what we don't know is where she's going to be riding. If she's going to be riding anywhere, where she's going to be riding, you know, will will she get a spot? I mean, my where generally, traditionally, where riders come back after bands is Viano Solaris Tech. So, you know, that that that's a good that's that's a pretty good um you know, let's 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 if she came back to Viano, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But yeah, I mean last time, last Olympics she won two medals. Um, let's see if she, you know, this, so this basically means she's back in time to go for, to try and get some points to get to with the Olympics again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I guess I just have that sort of, I don't know, I'd rather it all just goes away, but I don't think it's going to go away. You know, I feel like this is a story that we're going to revisit periodically through the course of the year as all that happens. Mm. Which is annoying, but, mm. you know, um, yeah. Yeah, another writer who's coming back, but this time for good news. Now, I <laughs> I misread this headline. I saw the headline as, the white line is calling an end. 
a right. year without marrying a boss. Right. But the actual headline is actually the white line is calling an end to the year without marrying a boss. <laughs> so well, I guess I guess where you put the comma in the sentence is pretty important. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a, it's a it's a co. I missed the colon. Oh, it's I was, a colon. Yes. I read. Oh my god! But no, um, Anna Marie Rook uh, interviewed Mariana Voss about um, you know about how she feels about coming back to uh, cycling this year. So I mean, she's not racing this weekend, but you know, it's it's still Mariana Voss is coming back, and you know, she's saying you know she's saying it's a very 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 hard year off, like yeah. very hard year off. Um, so she had to learn a lot about herself and yeah it's yeah yeah absolutely and look one of the things that i love about this interview i mean it's not like it's a, a previously unknown facet of mariana but just to to see her um uh i guess for want of a better term humility and and modesty in talking about being forced to take her time you know she talks about if she if she needs another month to to get back into shape and stuff she's got to take that and not risk injuring herself again or making things worse and prolonging her her return um she talks about um when she does start racing again being able to just play a role for the team not you know not talking about going straight out being the the boss or whatever um Mm. you know and and you know, it's just. I mean, I think we've all missed her. I miss her the, as the writer, but miss her as as Marianica as well. You know. Oh, you know, I miss. I miss. I have missed her. Her attacking because Mariana oh, yeah. always attacked more than than she needed to. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mariana loves to attack. She just does, and she's. You know, she just always makes racers more interesting and having her there makes racers more interesting and makes, you know, it's not that the racers haven't been great without her. It's just that it's been super special. It's super special when she's there, you know? Yeah. yeah. And and it's not to diss the rest of the peloton because the rest of the peloton's really stepped up to their, you know, it's not been like, oh, Mariana's not there. Let's just relax and have a party all year. It's been, right, let's rip each other's legs off. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... um. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just going to be really interesting, I think, to to see um, how she comes back. You know, like, like yeah, and she's saying that she's you know even if she just comes back as helping her teammates, yeah, yeah, she'll be happy. And I think it was really interesting too. Um, towards the end of the interview, she talks a bit about um, you know the the last year giving her a bit of that experience of what it's like being. Um, that step removed from racing and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a great interview and, and well worth the read. Absolutely. So. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. She's not, she's, I mean, I, when I spoke to Martina Brass this week, this year, she was talking a little bit about what it must have felt like for Mariana and, you know, how hard, how hard it would have been as well. And so that was interesting too, because I was also talking to Martina about how it felt for her going from being a pro cyclist to becoming a mother. And, you know, yep. she said, they they were planning to have a baby they didn't expect it to happen so fast but she was i asked her about was it difficult you know with her body changes she's like yes yes it was that you know everyone everyone told her that she was beautiful while she was pregnant and she hated every moment (laughs) but it was worth it you know you know that transition is very you know you can kind of have a very abrupt transition as well as a you know kind of smooth smooth transition Absolutely. I mean, I think that's possibly, well, definitely, I guess, not in, in that particular aspect of it, but we've talked 
um, many times in the past about the the inherent dangers and difficulties of being a professional athlete and and needing to performance manage your body so carefully um, and and the risks of things like eating disorders and stuff impacting on you. So, you know, any kind of, of significant change to your body, I'm sure, would have huge impact on you, be it injury or, yeah. or you know, having a baby or, or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, it's. I was reading another blog this week by an American writer called Sarah Rice, and she's nowhere near the same level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's talking about how she had to stop because, you know, she had various uh surgeries and her asthma turned out to be a lung infection and wow. you know she had a she had a uh what do you call it concussion and she's saying the mental part of it hurt this is a bit that she says you know i'm learning a lot from this retirement thing first of all the mental part of it hurts a lot hurts a lot it's a big the loss is a big part of my identity mm. after all the blog my twitter handle my instagram they're all calling rice bike racer right rice is not a bike racer anymore that refrain is echoed in my head till I'm sick of it. I'm grieving this loss. And the longer I grieve, the further I forward I move from it. And I'm sure that I'm done. And it's, it's like, it's a really, it's really hard. And she's mm. talking about, you know, not just the mental stuff, but her body is, is like, you know, about the, the pain in the pain in her body and how it's been yeah. kind of transitioning from being an elite cyclist to to being a uh, you know to being just a healthy person and you know and it's so it's kind of a really mm. you know a really kind of interesting thing but like yeah it's it's you know she says she loved it yeah but it was very very difficult and and i guess that identity part is oh absolutely is enormous yeah oh I, and I can only imagine the the extent of it. Um, you know, when you when you are not just an elite cyclist, but then you know, at that very upper end of elite cyclists as well for for Mariana. In mm-hmm. you know, she talks about you know learning to recognize herself apart from Mariana, bike racer and world champion. You know, and and stuff yeah. like that. So absolutely, um, great interview. Yeah. Um, in something else that, that, um, well, I know you're very excited about because you get to go, um, oh, I'm, and it's I'm... transition and it's a transition from Mariana Voss because she was there last year uh, as a commentator, as a, t- as as a TV yeah, commentator. As a, as a commentator. Um, I'm kind of excited this year because, um, there's, there's a little bit of it near Manchester, which is where my nieces and nephew are. And so I'm hoping I can bully my brother into taking them to watch the race. The Aviva Women's Tour uh, launched their promo video. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Like cheesy as fuck. I think was the technical term um, I use. People, basically, it's it's taking its cues from the average Giro promo video. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly i was actually i think i think to be completely honest i was a little bit disappointed because the way it started i was hoping it was going to go into this whole kind of like epic um christopher lee lord of the rings kind of thing or something like that you know just go somewhere really really off the wall and weird and um and i was all set for that and then it was it was not that um, do you not think that um did you not think that it was weird enough having it basically be a conversation between a bike rider and her bike? Uh, 
No, I talk to my bike all the time when I'm riding it. I or was it the roads in her bike? I can't even tell. It's just lunacy. You have to watch it. It's hilarious. It's bombastic. It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's basically everything you love if you love them about the kind of zero pro. No, honestly, it is. It's a lot of fun. It's cheesy as fuck, and it's over the top, and it's groan worthy. But there are also genuinely a couple of minutes that you know moments in it that you you know give give you chills as you you watch the stage wins from last year and stuff, and and you know sort of remember. Oh yeah, that was really cool. That bit and and things. It's you know, it is good. It's- it's very, 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 very fun, and I, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait for this race. It's oh god, I've got to wait till June. It's so stressful. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's gonna be super, super. <laughs> it's going to be super, super, super. Um, <sighs> it's slightly more. Um, I don't know even how to. Well, you know, it's not so much serious news, but like another milestone that I thought was pretty important, I mean, particularly here in Australia. Uh, today is the 10th anniversary of the formation of the Amy Gillett Foundation. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that. Uh, for those who don't know, the Amy Gillett Foundation was established after Amy Gillett was tragically uh, killed in a training accident with the Australian team in Germany in 2005. And um, the the foundation was set up in her memory to promote road safety for all cyclists. And um, they have been an amazing um, advocate for cyclists in Australia and have been instrumental in helping get, um, you know, minimum passing distance laws passed and and things like that here. So it's... um, you know, they're they're an important organisation, and yeah, yeah, they they do things that no one else does. I mean, there's there's road safety organisations all over the place, all over the world. But Amy Gillett Foundation, they have the campaigns, you know, like uh, Meter Matters and yep. you know Keep Your Distance campaigns. But they also fund research into um, you know into into road safety. Yep. But they also fund every year they have a scholarship for a rider, yeah. uh, you know, an Australian rider to be able to you know gets basically racing you know get to get to progress her cycling career exactly to have, to have a real shot at being a pro you know yeah and you know and and that's that kind of combination is is really really interesting because you know it's different aspects and and they've done tons of really amazing work and and, and you will probably know the chief executive is um tracy gaudry who's also the um ah i want to say co-president second in command second in command of the uci um below brian you know below below brian cookson so it's yeah it's a very interesting organization and you know 10 years of amazing work head over to their website because they do some fantastic things indeed indeed um speaking of grants if you are or know of someone in britain who's 18 to 25 and wants to go on a bike adventure for at least six months there's a new grant just come out called the Janapur Grant, which is will basically fund you. You know, they'll give you money, they'll give you advice, they'll give you a bike, they'll give you equipment and kit. Um, if you know, it's really, really interesting. Uh, Emily Chapel, who you might remember, I interviewed a couple of months ago about yep. her book, What Goes Around. Uh, she's she wrote about it in the Guardian and about cycling solo, and especially cycling solo as a woman. You know, having bike adventures and how you know how it's not as 
you know it's not as scary as it could be so if you know yeah. if you are it, they won't give you a grant for some you know it the, the journey has to be the kind of primary thing the primary reason you know it's not going to be like oh yeah well you know i want to do it because i want to raise money for this right. or oh yeah well i want to do it because i want to um uh, uh, you know, it, it's 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 not like you know the the primary purpose has to be the journey, which is right, you know very right. Marshall McLuhan in in, in my, the journey is the destination. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, uh, have, have a look. It's it's fascinating. It does make me wish I was eighteen to twenty five, and for the only time in my life that I can recall, from the UK. So you know, it it sounds like a pretty cool grant. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So many other things this week. I mean, I think I, I think you know. I'll just we'll just give a little heads up. There's been um, some really interesting stuff about bike media, cycling media, and spike shops. Uh, the League of American Bicyclists. Well, they, they put out this article that I feel a little bit churlish for criticizing criticizing because it's called Cycling for or Bike Shops for All or Cycling for All or something, but it's actually only about women, gender in bike shops. It's not about diversity in bike in, in bike shops, but it's it's a really if you if you kind of can get over the fact that you know there's no intersectionality, there's no right. other issues going you know going on with bike shops. It's a very interesting thing about how bike shops, you know. Uh, can promote or not or, or or you know unattract what's the word repel uh women from bike shops yeah. but they're basically saying if they could bike shops could you know everyone's talking about like local bike shops being really under threat and especially you know in the uk with things like the wiggle and chain reaction uh yeah, what's the word merger yeah yep um and it says basically if bike shops could tap into the female markets because women just don't go to bike shops as often as men do. They, they're much more likely to buy online. Then, then they can, you know, this can, this is like a solution. So that's a really interesting article. And there's a kind of bounce off article in on bicycling.com about bike shop experiences. But um, Chris Garrison, who's been a bike industry person for ages also has got an article out about, um, about five traps that cycling media falls into around gender. So those are very interesting. They kind of um, yeah. they kind of link, but they're you know they kind of they kind of link ish. Yeah, they're they're slightly different, but but about the same broad trend about how different aspects of the cycling industry are underserving or failing to serve altogether uh, women as as cyclists. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So very very interesting. Um, stuff. I, in particular, found Chris's post really interesting. Um, you know, I, I thought it was really good. I think she was pretty much on the money with most of it. Um, I think it, my my only, it's not even really a criticism. The only thing I I think could have had more attention was the the section on appearance, where you know I think there's, but I mean that almost turns into a whole article on its own, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of like it's. It's. I mean, she talks about objectification and appearance, except. But you know, when you've got a paragraph or two paragraphs, yeah, about you know about each what you know about each one. Yeah. It's it's you know she it, exactly. you can't really go you can't really go go go, go too far about. It. But you she talks write about a book off of this yeah, post really. So she talks about objectification and appearance obsessed and about women being presented in in sports about victims not achievers, mm. and you know the lack of people being there um cycling media as you know presenting it as 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 um you know it, it's just it's just an interesting article so head over and you should also be following her on twitter where she's punk ass cg she's um she's very interesting um 
about a thousand more videos on our blog, prowomencycling.com. Um, oh, there's some really cute tweets about uh, from Team Miranda Cycling. Um, Jeanne d'Arc, uh, Jean Boutou, who's the uh, was the first Rwandan cyclist to podium at the um, first Rwandan woman to podium at the African Cycling Championships. Uh, she came second in the ITT behind um, Vera Adrian of uh, of N- Namibia with Samantha Sanders of South Africa in third. So yes. you know, congratulations, and it's really nice to see you know the 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 rise of Rwandan cycling, you know, the rise of yeah, Rwandan yeah. cycling. Cool. Yeah, but I mean, um, big love to Ashley Mumapasio who couldn't race in the. Um, African cycling champs this year and the road race is probably um well today I think oh wow Maybe okay tomorrow. all right well results to come soon anyway so yeah yeah cool um just a, a last little shout out the deadline for registering your um podium cafe VDS team is uh before the omloop begins so um basically get them in in the next couple of days just to be sure just to be yeah safe. if you if you are completely freaking out about who to have in your podium cafe or your chica bike bike teams um you can always talk to me on at underscore pigeons underscore on twitter where i'll just make everything more confusing for you yeah or you can talk to dan or just be evil on purpose <laughs> he'll just lie and try and talk you into picking riders that i didn't pick so yeah which will probably actually work out in your favor to be fair um i do want to give a shout out to our mate andy rue on twitter at view from essex for his comment during the week it did make me laugh um where he said he just submitted his um vds team then listened to our last podcast and had massive anxiety that's pretty much how it goes (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's that's basically how it works so welcome to vds yeah Uh, it's um yeah it's all uh it's all it's all interesting <laughs> so yeah uh t- there's more of this there's bits of mountain biking there's bits of bmx there's some more track in our blog so you know head on over prowomenscycling.com and when you're done there uh make sure to slip by patreon.com uh, slash women's cycling and um you know throw a couple of bucks a month Sarah's way and help support all of the great work that she does in keeping us all informed about the wonderful world of women's cycling. (laughs) You like that one? I thought you might. Yeah, that was... We're very, very... Um, we're very, very exciting. Um, it's exciting, excited. excited. God, that's we're very, <laughs> yeah. very excited. Talk about, about sounding this. vain. <laughs> we'll be back next week to tell you all about the uh, brilliance. Um, the omloop and well, both the omloops and um, and how they went and Evie's hour and you know all of the racing that continues on after that and uh, and look, <laughs> we're just going to get more excited, more babbly from here. So. <laughs> Brace yourselves. The season's about to start. Hooray! Well, the next season. Again. (laughs) Hooray.